your Bibles and turn to James chapter 3. I told you we would eventually get back into James, and we're going to do that today. James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12. James 3, 1 to 12. If you remember the theme of James, it's been a couple weeks, but the theme is growing up for God. Growing up for God. Basically, every lesson in the book of James is about spiritual maturity, something we need to do in order to act more like our Lord Jesus Christ. So these lessons are really practical really practical lessons on acting like Christians. We are Christians. We say we're Christians. We say we follow Jesus Christ. Here's our how to do that. Here's another lesson from James. James 3, 1 to 12. It's called playing with fire today. Playing with fire. Did you ever misuse anything? Did you ever misuse something intended for good and you misused it and used it for something bad and negative? Well, last week I did a quiz with you guys. I did a priority quiz, if you mentioned that, and I got rave reviews. You guys couldn't stop talking about that quiz all week long. I just kept getting emails and texts saying, more quizzes, more quizzes. And I heard you guys. So I'm going to give you another quiz today, okay? <laughs> Maybe we'll start a trend here. But the quiz today is how to use things properly. How to properly use certain items that we all know what they are, okay? I want you to simply tell me Based on this quiz, what is the proper primary use of the thing? Okay? I have 10 of them. I have four answers for each, and I want you to tell me what is the best use, primary use of the item. You ready for this? Last time I think we got 100% or pretty close, so let's keep that going. Number one is hammers. Hammers. Is it for A, cracking walnuts? B, killing spiders? Possibly. C, juggling with? That doesn't seem wise. Or D, hitting nails into wood. That's tough, right? D, four, what's that? Cracking walnuts? Yeah, cracking walnuts. Watch your fingers when you do that. Listen, we're looking for the primary one. Not that you can't kill spiders and crack walnuts, but we're looking for the primary one. Number two, a tablet or an iPad, kind of like I'm using right up here. Primary purpose, is it for playing Frisbee with? If you come to my house, you might think that. Uh, my children think that. Uh, number two, is it for swatting flies with? That would work, right? Number three, a plate for your buffalo wings. It is flat. It would serve as a plate. Or D, using apps and making documents. Thank you. Thank you, Grace. Thanks for placating. <laughs> number three, mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Is it A, a hair gel? Anyone out there? B, an ice cream substitute. Yummy, anybody? I feel like mayonnaise is polarizing. There's some people who really like it and some people who just really want to dry heave at the thought of it. Uh, is it C, a face cream? Or D, a sandwich condiment? Pretty easy quiz, right? I'm hoping you get 100% right now. How about number four, a washing machine? Is it A, a baby whirlpool? Anyone try that? Social services. Um, is it B, a food blender? Possibly. Is it C, a dog kennel? Or D, for washing clothes? Okay, good job. You guys are good at this. Number five, a belt. A belt. Is it a pet whip? Fido. Whoosh. Is it B, a light switch turner offer? Anyone want to try that today? See if that works. C, ladies, a trendy necklace? Start a fad, or D for keeping your pants up. Thank you, thank you. 
Number six, a fire poker. Is it for A, picking your nose with? Ouch. Is it for B, back, scratching your back with? You would definitely scratch your back with a fire poker, probably permanently. Is it C, a fencing sword on guard? Or a stick to poke fire with? And you're getting the point, right? Fencing? TGD? Would you fence with a fire poker? That'd be dangerous. Man, one misstep. How about number seven, coffee? Coffee fans, raise your hands. Raise your hand, coffee fans. Is it A, to bathe in? Maybe on a Monday, right? Every Monday we should do that. Is it B, to wash your face with? Another good idea. Splash it right there, get it right into your pores. C, to soak your feet in? Gross. Or D, to drink and ward off the sleepies? It's D, of course. A couple more. Number eight, leg warmers. Anyone? Leg warmers? I saw someone wearing leg warmers the other day. That's why it's in my mind. Leg warmers. Are they A, to look stylish? Stylish? Okay. We now know Grace wears leg warmers to look stylish. Are they for B, to keep the mosquitoes away? Are they C, to warp back to the 80s? Yeah, C. 30 years ago. 30. <laughs> Or D, to keep your legs warm. It's kind of right in the title there, leg warmers. Okay, number nine, an alarm clock. Is it A, a stress test for your heart? B, to scare the boogeyman away. So when the boogeyman creeps up on you, you set the alarm and he runs away. Is it C, simply to annoy you? Does anyone need something in their life to annoy them? Or D, to help you wake up? Okay. So far, so good, right? We got one more. Fire. Fire. Is it A, to prank your kids with by threatening to light their toys on fire? Eh, probably social services again on that one. Uh, is it B, to test those flammable warning stickers on things underneath your sink? Let's see if that's actually flammable. Whoops, it is. <laughs> is it C, to cut your hair with? Anyone? Anyone? No, not a good idea. Probably get everything, right? Eyebrows, everything. Or is it D to warm you and cook something with? You guys get the point. There's, there's proper uses and there's improper uses for things. Let me tell you a little bit of a story before we transition to the scripture here. I think I told you when I was younger, I asked one year, one year, I think when I was 12 or 13, I had to have a BB gun. So did my brother. We wanted a BB gun for Christmas. And so we planted that seed in my parents' mind and we kept asking them and hoping that one day we would get a BB gun and and then Christmas came and we got it. We got the BB gun. I was so happy. I was like little Ralphie on that movie. And, you know, and my mom said, don't shoot your eye out. And so Trev and I are outside one day with our BB guns. And, you know, who knows what we're doing with that? Probably shooting sticks and trees and things like that. And this particular BB gun had, a, had like a pump on it that the more times you pumped it, the stronger it would get. So if you pumped it 10 times or something like that, it would be really strong and I don't know why we, were, why we got those things. Those things seem dangerous. But uh, if, you pump it really, if you pump it one time, it'd be really weak, apparently. And so I was outside with my brother, and I, I just thought, man, I should test this to see how strong number 10 is and how weak number 1 is. Well, number 10 is typically what we do. So I, I would shoot number 10 at a tree, and the only way to find out how strong number 1 is is aim it at my brother. Um... I, I didn't know another way to test that. And I, I honestly thought if I, if I shot him with the number one strength, he might not even know. 
it might be so weak that he wouldn't even know. Or B, it maybe wouldn't even make it there. Maybe it would just kind of like roll out the barrel. So I, a trap was ahead of me walking in the woods, and I just kind of lined my brother up in my sights with the first pump. <laughs> it just kind of shot it in his direction. I wasn't trying to hit him in the head. Uh, I think I was aiming for the back, you know, because I'm a loving brother. I don't want to shoot my brother in the head, just in the back. But I missed, and I hit my brother right in the head with a BB, and uh, yeah, it hurt. It hurt. Uh, I, I honestly thought, you know, it was no big deal. I thought it was going to act like a Nerf gun, but it wasn't. It hurt a lot, and he cried. And I don't think my parents are finding out till right now, which I'm now I'm too old to punish, I hope. We'll see. Um, but there's all kinds of things we can misuse, are there not? Today we're going to learn something about that, something that we have that has tremendous potential but can also be dangerously misused. And t- turn your attention now to James chapter 3, and we're going to let the Word of God tell us what this is. James 3, verses 1 to 12. Listen to the Word of God. James says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we, bre- with it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers. These things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Wow. Playing with fire is the lesson today. I come to you humbly today, okay? Humbly. Not as one who has conquered this lesson but one who the Lord has spoken to recently very bluntly about this matter. And one who is striving to improve, striving to get better at this by God's great grace. But please let us all hear from the Lord today on this important matter, okay? This today is one of the biggest struggles in the world and in the church. Today as we study this, I ask you to not primarily think of anybody else while we talk about this. Don't think of anybody else in your life who you believe needs to hear this. Please, I ask you to think inwardly first, inwardly, and ask the hard questions of your soul. This lesson today needs to start at home, okay, with you and with me. And I ask that you would do that today. What we want to do, first of all, is do sort of an introductory course into the tongue. Because that's what Paul, or excuse me, James says he's talking about is the tongue. So I'm going to tell you sort of the tongue 101, the introductory course into the tongue, just so we're all on the same page, okay? 
Uh, number one, the tongue has many purposes, as you know, but the primary purpose is for language, to speak with, okay? Our tongues are given to us to communicate our language. I mean, even animals have a tongue, most of them, to communicate their language with. That's the primary purpose of our tongue. Number two, the tongue is also a relatively small body part, but it's a very powerful one. In fact, scientists suggest it's the most powerful muscle in the human body when it compared to its size. It's a really powerful body part, just physically even. Uh, three, maybe you heard of the old adage, but uh, the Lord gave us two ears, right? Two eyes, two nostrils, and one mouth. Which means perhaps he designed the body to, take, to be better at taking things in than we are at spewing things out. Except maybe during cold season. Um, number three, number four, excuse me, the tongue is the body part that causes the most fights and wars in the world every single year. You know that, right? Most fights start with words, not fists or shoving. Most fights and wars start with words, speech, language. And last of all, when James says the tongue, which he says a lot today, he's not speaking directly about the literal body part. What James is referring to is the way that we speak, how we speak, our speech. It's also not a lesson about tasting, okay? Because that's what the tongue is used for as well. It's not a tasting lesson. This entire lesson is about how we speak and what we say. And we just need to be on the same page there before we get into this. The tongue is the context of the lesson today. James begins by giving us caution. Caution. The first thing he says right at the beginning is, None of us should rush into becoming teachers. And I think he's primarily thinking about the word of God. None of us should rush into becoming teachers. Why, James? Why not? That seems like a noble thing. I mean, that's what I'm doing to you with you today is I'm teaching you the word of God. Why is that not a good thing to rush into? He says, because those who teach will be judged more strictly by God. And that is a dangerous thing to do wrongly. And sadly, it's happening all over our world. People are misusing the word of God and helping people go the opposite way than God intended. He says, those who teach the word of God will be judged more strictly. Because we desire to help others follow the word of God, but before we desire to help others know the word of God, we need to be ready to live to the standard God has given us. Pastors, teachers, primarily are helping others know the standard of the word of God. And therefore, if we don't live according to the standard that we give out, which today is a really good indicator of this, if I don't watch my tongue, then I'm in line to be the biggest hypocrite there is. Anyone who teaches the word of God, who gives it out to others, who knows it clearly, because you can say teachers are the experts. Pastors are the experts. They're the ones who know the word of God. God has given them the skill. God has given them the understanding to teach, and to lead, so they aren't foggy on what it means. And every single time you know what to do, the level of responsibility goes up. Does it not? Anyone ever have children? You punish your children differently based on their level of understanding. Your little children, when they're babies, they're learning. You don't judge them very harshly. But when they know exactly what they're doing and they do it anyways, then it's time for punishment. So teachers and pastors and people like that are not people that can say in the last day, yeah, I didn't know. That's what, that's what you meant. That's what it meant. 
So he says, don't rush into becoming teachers. It doesn't mean it's not a noble thing to do. It is a noble thing to do. But primarily, you're going to be using your tongue and your language and your speech a lot to help others know what to do. And he says, be careful. Have caution before you do that. So anyone, and it doesn't have to just be a pastor or a teacher, anyone who helps anyone else understand the word of God, the level of accountability to live up to that is now risen for you. That's the point. So he says, be careful. He says, use your tongue wisely. Use your platform wisely. So that's number one, first thing of caution. Number two, he says, although we stumble in many areas, which we do, the speech is the hardest thing to make holy and righteous. This is the biggest one. The hardest one to make holy and righteous is your speech. Hopefully you'd agree with James. He's going to tell us today if we can conquer our speech and tame our tongue using it only for good, then all the other battles in the Christian life are going to seem small and easy in comparison. Easier to conquer because if we get the hardest one out of the way, if we can conquer the hardest one, everything else is easy. And the speech is the big one. The language, the way we talk, is the hardest thing to make holy and righteous. And James actually says that if we can conquer our speech, we can become perfect beings. That's what he says. If we can conquer our speech, make that holy and righteous and godly, we can become perfect beings, able to also make every other part of us submit to Jesus as well. Why? Because if we get the hard one, everything else is simple and easy. He says, start with the big one. Start with the hard one. Give the tongue great attention. Your speech and the way that you talk should be given utmost utmost attention. James says we can guide really big things like horses and ships. Anyone ever rode a horse before? Anyone ever ride a horse before? I did once. That didn't go great. Others? Yeah? You know that, right? You can, you can guide an entire horse by putting something in his mouth. What's it called? A bit or a bridle? Ships, it's the same thing. If you've ever been on a ship, they steer a ship by what's called a rudder and make an entire huge ship go a certain direction by one really small part. And James is saying, there it is. You can guide the entire body by getting a hold of the tongue. If you get a hold of the tongue, you get a hold of the man. Get the tongue and get the man. And if someone else gets a hold of the tongue, they also get the man. Because wherever the person is steered is where they will go. And the tongue is what steers the person. Do you get the metaphor? Same with horses, same with ships, same with the tongue. You get the tongue, you get the person. The tongue is small in comparison to the other body parts that we have. Small, right? I mean, if you lined up all the body parts that we have, this tongue would be on the smaller side. But you wouldn't know it, would you? Because the tongue acts like it's the greatest body part according to the amount of things we use to boast about. In fact, I want to say it this way. This might sound a little weird, but if there were aliens or people from other planets who didn't see us but only heard us and what goes on in our world, they might think we're one big tongue. They might think that the torso of our body is a big tongue with other body parts coming off of it. Imagine that. Because of how much we use the tongue, how much we speak, it seems like it might be the biggest, most prominent body part we have We're basically one big walking tongue sometimes, aren't we? 
And that's just the first half of this passage, okay? That's the first half, and we need to understand what Paul is, or what James is saying. He's giving us caution about the tongue, saying the tongue is powerful, the tongue is important. Be, use it very carefully. Now we're going to look at what we're going to call playing with fire. Playing with fire. James now compares the tongue to a fire. In fact, he flat out calls it a fire. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. I think James wants us to know how capable our speech is of untold harm. And the fire is the best metaphor to use in order for us to understand how capable the tongue is of untold damage and harm. He says most forest fires, I don't know if you've ever been around a forest fire, but they've been in the news all year long, have they not, in the West. Forest fires, large, intense, uncontrollable fires that spread easily are started by small fire. Very small fires that typically weren't kept in check, and now they're really big, massive forces of destruction. And he says the tongue is a small fire to start out with. It's a small fire. But if it's not kept in check, it's capable of growing to the damage, destruction, and ruin of a large forest fire. Do you know that about the tongue? Do you know that about your speech? Do you know it can destroy and ruin countless things and people? The tongue is capable of mass destruction. And James wants us to know that today. He calls the tongue a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Just think about that. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. Now, James is not saying today that the tongue is only capable of evil. That's not what he's saying. He's saying it's a fire. It's a fire, and it's capable of more evil than you possibly know. It's capable of more evil than any other part of your body. The tongue is capable of more evil fires than it is good fires. So let's use the metaphor of a fire because that's what James gives us, the metaphor of a fire. Are there such things as good fires? I now want feedback from you guys. Is there such thing as a good fire? Okay, we have a picture up there of a bad fire. That's a forest on fire. But is there such a thing as a good fire? Can you give me an example of what a good fire might be? Anyone? Shout it out. Go ahead. That's right, when you're cooking inside, and, or you're grilling, right? I like to grill. That's a good fire. We can use it for hot dogs and hamburgers and s'mores, right? That's a good fire. What's another good fire? Campfire. A campfire or a bonfire is a good fire. Anyone ever been around one of those things? Those are good fires. That's a good time. Very warming, very comforting. Any other good fires out there? Anyone ever have a good fire in their home? Eight. Heat is a good fire. Heat can keep us warm, absolutely. How about a, what was that? Fireplace. fireplace. Anyone ever have a fireplace? Typically, that's a good fire, right? We had a fireplace at our house before this one, and it was great, especially on nights that were cold. We light the fire, we sit around it. It's very cozy and comforting. That's a good fire. Candles. candles thank you. Candles on a birthday cake or any kind of candle that you put in your home is a good fire. You got another one? Fire, fire what? Fireflies. I forgot about fireflies. Absolutely. Ever catch one of those things in a jar? No? Okay. Lightning bugs, fireflies. I didn't even think of that one. Those are good fires. But candles, candlelight vigils, torches, right? Things like that. In fact, fire is so important sometimes it helps someone survive, does it not? Sometimes a fire can keep somebody alive. My, my wife and I have been watching this show called Alone. 
Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but in the show, they send 10 people out into the wilderness by themselves, uh, just with a camera, not even a camera crew, just a camera and them. And they, they like to see who can outlast the other people, how long they can go before they give up. And uh, typically, they're out there two or three months on their own in really cold, harsh environments. And uh, we've been watching the show, and so many times, a fire is pretty important to survival, especially when it's cold out. The first thing you do is get a shelter and make a fire because you've got to stay warm. If you get hypothermia, it's over. So a fire is pretty important to your survival in that kind of show, in that kind of survival situation. But it's also interesting, isn't it, that sometimes even good fires can turn bad quickly. Is it true? Even a good fire, if it's not handled properly, can turn bad quickly. In fact, that show that we've been watching, I think it's like once every season, one of the fires inside their little, uh, little tent, their little shelter, something happens, a little flame licks the top of it and sets the entire structure, the entire shelter on fire, and the whole thing's burned to the floor. So isn't it true that even a good fire, if it's not kept in check, can become a bad fire very quickly? But hopefully you'd agree with me today, there are far more bad fires possible than good ones. A lot more bad fires possible. And that's the point of what James is saying. That's his point. The tongue is a fire. And depending on your perspective, how you first hear that, you might go, well, that's comforting. The tongue is a fire. I like fire. It's comforting. I like fireplaces and bonfires and campfires. So the tongue is a fire. Oh, that's comforting to hear. Or you could also think of a forest fire. You could think of a fire burning a house down or someone caught in a fire. And he says the tongue is a fire, but then he says the tongue is a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. So you, you can tell that James has in mind a bad fire. A bad fire. The tongue can be a really, really bad fire. In fact, it's called playing with fire, right? This is the lesson today. So I brought in a little fire starting stick. What are these things called? Multi-purpose big stick. Fire lighter. And I brought one of these in, okay? And I also have, someone said candle. I have a little candle from home. This is a honey crisp apple candle. Yeah, is that a good one? So what I'm going to do is we're going to play with fire here for a moment. If I can get this thing to light. Okay. So far, so good. We got it lit. Okay. And I'm going to light a candle. Is anybody nervous by that? Anybody scared if I light a candle? Is that okay if I light this candle just momentary? We're good? Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to light this candle. Hopefully this goes well. All right. I don't know if you guys can... Can see that? I told you good fires go bad quickly sometimes. Hopefully we don't set any alarms off. But uh, there's a good fire. Would you guys agree that that's a good fire? Generally speaking, even if you don't like the scent of the candle. A candle is a good fire. It's warming, it's comforting, it sometimes brings good smells into your home. Okay, so that's a good fire. What if I took this candle, though, and uh, lit these curtains on fire in the back? Good fire? How about the carpet or one of the tablecloths or one of the chairs? Would anybody be willing to lend me their hair? Would anybody let me cut their hair with this fire? I would do it, but I don't have much. Anyone want to come up and lend me their hair so I can cut their fire? Just a little bit of fire on your hair. Would that be that bad? Do you guys see the point? Do you see the point? This is a really silly and childish illustration, but... You see the point. I can light a good, a good fire, okay? A candle's a good fire. A fireplace is a good fire. A grill is a good fire. But there's a lot of bad fires I can start. James is telling us we have a fire within our mouths. A fire. 
I'm going to blow this out now. We have a fire in our mouths, okay? That's what the tongue is. And very simply, he's telling us, be careful. If this fire, this tongue, sorry for the smoke, I'm going to cap this now. If this, if this fire is not kept in check and handled with extreme care, just like every single fire starting tool, it can set things on fire that we don't intend it to. We can set on fire our lives and the lives of those around us, can we not? And this fire, this tongue, when not kept in check, James says, is a hellish fire. It's a hellish fire. It's sent by the evil one to control us, to cause rampant and far-spread evil, just like a forest fire. See, the devil, he, uh, he doesn't have moderate goals. The devil doesn't want part of you. He doesn't want one single individual. What does the devil want? He wants the capacity of a forest fire. And he knows that if he controls the tongue of a person, or several tongues, or hundreds of tongues, then he's going to cause widespread, rampant evil. And James is telling us today, you must keep the fire in your mouth in check. Otherwise, you will light things on fire, and it will be a hellish fire. See, the tongue is not a fire like a fire in a fireplace. Luke, go back to that picture about the flamethrower. It's like a flamethrower. The tongue is like a flamethrower. Yes, even a flamethrower can be used for good fires and can heat up a fireplace or a bonfire, although I don't probably suggest that. But you would agree that flamethrowers are incredibly dangerous and used for destruction, right? Or can be. Flamethrowers are a very deadly, deadly thing. Would I hand a flamethrower to a child? I'm not even sure I would handle a flamethrower, guys. That is such an, a big, powerful force of destruction. I'm not sure anyone should handle that except someone who is an expert on those things. And we teach our children, do we not, from a young age, to not play with matches or lighters. We tell every child that. You cannot play with this. I mean, we, in fact, let me think I'm a bad parent, but uh, we had this out because I was going to use this as an illustration. And I came out of my bedroom this morning, and I found my little, my little boy Marcus holding this thing. And I'd set it on the counter, I guess too close to the edge, although I don't remember doing that. And Marcus grabbed it. And I, although I don't think he knows how to work this contraption, what did I do immediately? I grabbed it from him. And I, I put it away. I put it where I should have put it in the first time. And I just thought how hilarious it was that I'm teaching a lesson on playing with fire. And my little 19-month-old was holding a fire stick. But we tell our children not to play with fire, right? Because, not because they're evil. Fire sticks and fire torches and matches are not evil. We tell them that because they're capable of untold damage, are they not? If we let our children play with matches and lighters, they might burn the entire house down, including everybody inside of it, simply because fire was used improperly. And James is saying to us today, right there, right there, that is what I want you to understand about the tongue. Right there. It's not evil. God would not design anything evil. The tongue is not evil. That's not what James is saying. He's saying it's powerful. He's saying it's capable of great destruction if it's not used carefully. And when evil gets control of the tongue, which he does many times, that evil is, red, is deadly and rampant. 
doing untold damage to our lives and the lives of those around us. And the point of what James is saying today is not that we should take fire lighting tools and destroy them and never use them again. The point is to guard them carefully, right? Like, unlike I did, I should have put this thing in my bag or in a drawer out of the hands of my little 19-month-old. Because of the danger and the potential of harm that someone can use them for. Because a fire can literally destroy our entire lives and the lives of those around us. Fire is nothing to mess around with. And isn't that true about the tongue? Isn't it true about the tongue? Consider for a moment what your speech is capable of or has been capable of. You ever said anything to someone that you wish you could take back? Because it either wasn't true, it wasn't edifying or loving, and in fact, it hurts somebody greatly. I told you when I was little, I, uh, I was bullied on this one instance, this one occasion. And uh, big old kid, big kid, looked like he should have been a teacher. He was so big. Just a big bully type of a kid. Came up and knocked my books down out of my hands or something like that. And I had a pretty acid tongue back in the day. I was pretty good at my tongue in a bad way. And so I, I said something to this kid in the moment out of frustration about his size or his weight or something like that. And, and uh, it was fourth grade or something like that. And I could tell I heard him. I heard him by what he said because he, he actually started to like tear up. I heard him. I cut him. And I'm going to tell you honestly, right then I felt good and bad. The good feeling wore off very quickly. And suddenly I felt very, very bad and I wished I could have taken it back. You ever done that with the tongue? You ever used it improperly and wish you could take it back? But once you've said it, you've said it, haven't you? Good luck taking it back. In fact, most every forest fire began not with evil or malicious intent, but with carelessness, right? Carelessness starts most forest fires. And once a forest fire is raging out of control and spreading, you cannot put it out. Or it's very, very difficult to do so. It's too big. It's too widespread. And by the time you want to stop it, there's no chance you have. And that's the picture James wants us to get of the tongue. That's what it's capable of. Widespread, mass, rampant destruction. Maybe you've heard the old story about the feather pillow. Uh, one day this, this man, who was a gossip, said something that was causing damage all around the town. And he went to the wise men in the village and said, you know, I said something I shouldn't have said, and, you know, it's causing all kinds of problems, and what can I do to correct this situation? And the wise man said, well... I want you to go home and get, get a feather pillow, and I want you to bring it back to me. The man said, well, that's easy. <laughs> okay, so he went home, and he grabbed a feather pillow, and he brought it back to the wise man and said, there you go. Is, is the situation over with? He goes, no, I want you to take a knife, and I want you to cut into that feather pillow. He goes, and once you cut into the feather pillow, I want you to grab that feather pillow and start waving it all around the room until all the feathers are out. So the man's like, okay, you're the wise man. So he cut into the pillow and started throwing the pillow all around the room, and the feathers were flying everywhere, and the window was open that day. So some of the feathers were flying out the window. And the wise man said, do you understand what happened? He goes, when you spread gossip, this is what it looks like. He goes, now, the way I want you to correct the situation, he goes, I want you to go and grab every single feather and bring it back here and put it inside the pillowcase. So the man furiously started, started collecting all the feathers inside the room, but then he looked at the window and said, how am I going to get all those? And the wise men said, you can't. And that's the point. 
You can't get them because they're too far gone and you don't know where they are and they're too widespread by now. And that's an illustration for how far gossip and misuse of the tongue can go. But James is not saying that the tongue is like spreading feathers. Because that would be annoying, right? Spreading feathers would be annoying when spread carelessly. But James says the tongue is a fire. It's a fire. It destroys countless homes and lives if we're not careful. Our speech is capable of so much damage, and we need to understand that today. What if we actually considered our tongues to be fires? I mean, this fire stick, and although it's going to seem really silly, what if this thing was just jutting out of my mouth, okay? And I just had a fire lit all day long, or every time I opened my mouth, even though it just went out, there was a fire. And whenever we open our mouths to speak, we lit something on fire. What if that was a reality? Because according to the word of God, that's kind of what it's like. Every single time you speak, you light a fire. Now, it could be a candle that you light. It could be a fireplace that you light. Or it could be somebody's home. It could be somebody's reputation. It could be a family member that we love, that we're setting fire to. Do you think we'd be careful if we had a fire inside of us, how we'd use that fire? Do you think we'd be careful about that? And James is saying in the plainest of language, although he's speaking on a spiritual level, he's saying don't play with fire. It's too dangerous. It's too deadly. And once the damage is done, it's done permanently. Permanently. You guys remember Smokey the Bear? Put up that Smokey the Bear picture. How, how old is this? I'm really dating myself now. Probably 20, 30 years ago that these ads were popular. Um, but there used to be these ads from Smokey the Bear that saying only you can prevent wildfires and telling us to be careful with matches and things like that. And, and it's an age-old thing we tell people. is Fire is deadly. Don't play with fire. And James is going, okay, you get it. The tongue is a fire. Now, that's not James' opinion. That's not my opinion. That is coming from the mouth of God. The God of the universe is telling us today that the tongue is a fire. And when you use it, it can either, either do really, really good things or really, really evil things. And now James says, can we tame the tongue? Can we tame the tongue? Now that we know that it's a fire, can we tame it? James says you can tame every single creature on earth and in the sea. In fact, man has done it. Man has tamed bears and lions and snakes. Whales, I believe, have been tamed. All kinds of things have been tamed by mankind. But James says, nobody can tame the tongue. No, no man has been able to tame the tongue. They could tame a lion. They could put a, their mouth or their head into a lion's mouth, which I don't know why you would do that either. But people have done it and been okay. But no one's ever successfully tamed the tongue. It's too powerful and it's too wild. Nobody's ever done it. He started by calling the tongue a fire, and now he calls it a restless evil full of deadly poison. Are you hearing James today? The tongue is a fire. It's a world of unrighteousness. And it's also a restless evil full of deadly poison. I think the picture James wants us to get is like a sleeping fire-breathing dragon. When our mouths are closed, when we're guarding our words, we're okay. We're okay. But as soon as the dragon is awakened, everyone's in deep trouble. And in today's culture, we have this thing called social media. Social media, where everyone can use their tongues without using their tongues 
in big, widespread ways. And what we have today is social media is, is like hundreds of sleeping dragons, all awakened and breathing fire at the same time. Nobody guarding their words. No one considering what they're saying is scriptural or right or edifying or beneficial to those who are reading it. See, if we all listen to James' counsel today, I believe social media would be a much quieter place. Maybe it wouldn't even exist at all. Because the last thing a flamethrower needs is a dry, bushy field to lay its flames to. And that's kind of the day we live in. Millions of people with flamethrowers and hundreds of dry, bushy fields. Is it a wonder why the world is getting worse? Is it a wonder why the world is getting worse when we're needlessly, carelessly spreading fire all around us? Bad fires are being lit every single hour of the day, and now nobody can put the fire out. It's too big. It's too widespread. Look at the fires in the West. This year, 2020, we've seen some of the most devastating forest fires. Of course, it'd be 2020, right? But we've seen some of the most devastating forest fires we've ever seen in our country. And once those things spread, it's, it's relentless. They don't even know how to put them out. There's not enough water. There's not enough manpower. It's too big. It's total devastation. And now James is saying to us today that if the tongue, the tongue is tameable, but not by man. Man cannot tame the tongue. The Lord, the Jesus, the God of the universe is the only one who can tame the tongue because he can do anything. And unless we understand the power and poison that lies within us and it's such access to us because it doesn't take much for me to use my voice and my speech. I do it so easily. I do it without thought, Right? In fact, we've told people that before. Think before you speak. Why do we need to tell people that? Because we don't. We speak before we think. So we need to tell people, wait, well, maybe you should think. Put it through some thought processes before you actually say something. Should it be said? And we learned that in James 1 already. And therefore, the man can't tame the tongue. And if we're not taming the tongue, we're setting this world on fire, and it's not the good fire. It's the bad fire. And now James is going to tell us one more thing before we close today. One more really big problem with our tongues. He says, with it, our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. Now, remember when I asked you about good fires? That's a good fire. Man, that's a really good fire. He says, with our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. So you can tell the tongue is not evil, okay? The tongue is capable of much, much good. This is a very good fire when we use our tongue to bless our Lord and Father. We just did this in our worship service. We all sang praises and blessed the Lord and God our Father with our tongues. But James continues and he says, And with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. He highlights a problem that seems normal to us when we consider it, until we consider it for a moment. That we bless the Lord of the universe with our tongues, with our speech, like worship services, good fires, and with the same mouth, the same tongue, we curse people who Jesus loved enough to die for. People made in God's image, made in God's likeness. And James is saying to us today, it's not normal. It's not normal 
It's bizarre, it's weird, and it's horrible. And it's evil. It's evil. I want you to imagine coming up to me after the service, which some of you do sometimes, come up to me after the service and tell me how great the message was, how great you think I am, and how much you appreciated me in speaking and giving the word of God. And several of you have done that. But in this hypothetical scenario, you come up to me, and as soon as you finish telling me how great I am and how great the message was, you start complaining to me about my wife and my children, telling me how annoying you think they are. And not only did you say these hurtful things to me, but you didn't feel weird when you did it. I'd be standing there with my jaw open looking at you going, did they really just say that? And you'd be looking back at me like, what's his problem? God is saying to us today, it's not normal. It's not normal to praise God and tear down his family with the same mouth. It's not normal to praise the Lord and tear down those he died for with the same mouth. It's not normal. It's as evil as the devil is evil. Do you got that? Todd? This is to me also today, guys. I'm not above you. I too light fires with my tongue. I spread deadly poison to others. And I tear down people Jesus died for. And the worst thing about it all is I'm not shocked when I do it. It seems normal. Because everybody does it. And it's funny. It's a way I lighten the mood. It's a way to fill the dead air. It's it's a way to make people feel good and like me. It's something I did growing up. It's what my parents did. God is telling us today, you're lighting my people on fire, and I hate it. I hate it. Our praise to the Lord means nothing to him if we don't solve the misuse of our tongues against those whom God loves. If we're using our tongues to hurt God's people, it's the honest truth. We hate him too. If you would knock down my family with your words to my face, you would also be hating me because me and my family are one. God and his family are one. When you tear down God's family, you also harm God. It's that serious. He gives us one more metaphor, a couple more metaphors to help us think about this. He says, does a spring of water, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh water and salt water? Has anyone ever seen such a thing? A spring of water that's coming both fresh and salt in the same spring? He says, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt water or salt pond yield fresh water. He says, just like a spring gives out either fresh water or salt water, but never both, neither should the tongue pour forth both praise to God and curses to his people. It's not normal and it's not Christian. James says it's from the very pits of hell. Are we hearing James today? Boy, this needs, to, this needs to hit us. Because if we don't know that when we do that, it's from the very pits of hell, we won't stop. We'll think it's normal, we'll continue it, and we'll continue lighting things on fire that God loves. And James is saying to us today, we're either with the Lord or we're against the Lord. We either love him or we hate him. 
And if we hate his people, we hate him. And if we bless him, we should bless others. Meaning whatever our speech is, is what you and I really are. However we use our tongues is the litmus test for what we actually are. A tree produces either figs, making it a fig tree, or either olives, making it an olive tree, but no tree has successfully produced both figs and olives. That would be a miracle. Yet we're often convinced sometimes that we can be Christians and be following Jesus while we bless God and curse his people with the same tongue. And James says it doesn't compute. It doesn't compute. It's not normal. If you're cursing others, you're following the devil. And if you're blessing others, you're following the Lord. But you cannot follow both the Lord and the devil. You cannot go north and south at the exact same time. If you're following the Lord, you're following him completely. And if you're following the devil, and your tongue is an indicator of that, you're following the devil completely. This means today that these little tongue issues that we have are not little. They're not little. They're not small. Untamed tongues have the potential to light people on fire and light our own lives on fire. And when we do that, we need to know today we're against, against the Jesus that we're here to serve and love and learn about. Serial arsonists, I guess that's a real thing, serial arsonists, people that light fires all the time to destroy. They're as evil as they come, aren't they? A serial arsonist would be a very evil person. It's the same as serial killing or serial raping. Serial arsonists just lighting fires to damage and destroy things are as evil as they come. And James says if our speech doesn't submit to Jesus and we're misusing our tongue this way, that's kind of like what we are, serial arsonists. So what can we do? What can we do? We need to put a bow on this. We need to wrap this up by giving us some instruction and some application because there is some, okay? Number one, it's purely to understand. Understand that the tongue that God gave us is not evil. It's not evil, okay? It's capable of tons of evil. And maybe today we're perplexed. Maybe you're perplexed. I'm kind of perplexed when I read this and go, man, why would God give us such instruments of danger? I mean, I don't let my children play with matches. Why would God give us something that's so capable of danger? Why? And I came up with two answers. Number one, the Lord must consider the potential using of our tongues properly to be greater reward than the risk of using them improperly. Perhaps. Perhaps the reward is better than the risk. Or perhaps this. Perhaps he's giving us a mighty big test. By handing us a flamethrower and telling us that whatever we do with this thing will clearly prove who we're of and who we love by the way we use it. If I give them a fire, if I give them control of a fire, and I teach them how to use a fire, and if they use it according to my instructions, I'll know they're mine. And if they don't, I'll know they're not mine. No one can claim to follow Jesus and let their tongues run amok and light all kinds of bad fires. We can't do it. Only followers of the devil would do that. 
But guys, there is much good that we can do with our tongues. There's much good we can do with our tongues. And this isn't about not talking, okay? This isn't a just to shut it and zip it and don't say anything. That's not the point. Although sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's necessary. To withhold speech if you can't use it properly. That's what James 1 tells us. But we can redeem our tongues. Or the better way to say it is Christ can redeem even our tongues. So that we can use them to build up the kingdom of God and not tear it down. Because we can love others so much with our tongue, can we not? With our speech. Number two is we cannot on our own tame the tongue. So get that out of your mind right now. If you think you're going to tame this wild beast, you're not going to. Okay? James told us it's impossible. No one's tamed the tongue on their own. It's impossible. So even if you leave here convicted and motivated to change the way you speak, you can't do it on your own. And neither can I. But if we understand how capable it is of such destruction, we need to seek the Lord for his help. We need to confess to him our inability to cease lighting bad fires and start lighting good fires and beg him, Lord, change my tongue, change my speech. This doesn't take the responsibility away from us and to use our tongues properly, but it will give us the mindset, it will give us the power to overcome the bad habits that we've made. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I've made some bad habits. I've been lighting fires for a long time, and now I have to correct it. And the only way I can is by giving myself to the Lord and say, Lord, you do it. Give me the power. I beg of you. I seek you. Give me the power to control and tame my tongue so that I am no longer spreading bad fires. And number three, this entire lesson is about following Jesus. Do you desire to follow Jesus? Do you desire to follow him? If you don't desire yet, then... Today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day you turn to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I need you. Just like we sang, I need you every hour I need you. And turn to Jesus for the first time. See, Jesus tamed his own tongue. Jesus was able to tame his own tongue by God's help. And he can tame ours as well if we want to follow him to heaven. But we cannot stand confident on Judgment Day having been serial arsonists. Lighting people and reputations on fire without repentance and without new disciplines. Meaning this is a matter of eternal life and death. This is a matter of following Jesus or not. And the reason he's telling us this today is because he wants to help us. He wants to help us. But we have to be determined enough to be done lighting bad fires. I'm done. I'm done today. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do it this afternoon. I don't want to do it tomorrow. Lord, I'm done. I want to repent and I need your help to do so. I want to light only good fires with this fire that you've given me. And I'm done lighting bad fires. Are you playing with fire today? Are you playing with fire today? And if so, what will you do from this moment on? As with everything, Jesus' power over sin is the only hope we have to tame the tongue. He is the only power given to us to tame the wild beast called the tongue. Turn to Jesus, either for the first time or today with this big, massive problem we all have and say, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Please help me, I beg of you, and I will not stop until you give me victory over the tongue. So that one day, 
we will have been people of good fire lighting and not bad fire lighting. Can we pray? Father, I told you and I told them I don't speak as one who's conquered this. I have a lot of work to do. But I thank you for drawing this to my attention because I would have known it otherwise. It seems normal to bless you and curse your people. And I'm ashamed that it seemed normal. And I don't want it to seem normal anymore. I don't want to light bad fires anymore. I don't want to be a part of tearing down anymore. I'm done tearing down. I want to build up. And I want these people listening today to build up. We need more people building up. More good fires being lit and less bad fires being lit. And the only way for that to happen is for Jesus Christ to gain control of our tongues. And the only way that can happen is if we seek you day and night for this. Father, help us. Help us to understand what a big, massive problem this is. And that there is victory. Just as we talked about, about 2020, you're going to get victory one way or the other. And Father, I pray the victory would be sought by your people who want to be good fire starters and not bad. Help us today to be more like our Lord Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.